0: Every Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Now joining me, Leon, in Sound of Play 179, is composer Thomas Parrish. Welcome to Sound of Play, Thomas.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: You are very welcome indeed. So uh, we've already heard one of your pieces and you are one of the, what, what seems to be, uh, an army or a colony of composers who do work for Tencent Games. Um, We've had several on here before. Uh, So Tencent, for those who don't know, is one of the biggest companies in the world um, who make uh, a lot of very successful uh, MMOs in particular that are absolutely massive in China and uh, Korea and other territories um but increasingly they are the, the I saw an article regarding specifically moonlight blade online that we've already heard from uh, the last news i saw was that it is expected to come to the west to america and and europe and so on in the not too distant future do you know if that's if that's uh, if that's happening
1: well i i heard about that too but i don't know um any specifics to be honest sure so you can't, um, you can't uh, really, break the no. <laughs> break the news for us. <laughs> that would be something. So, how how does it? Um,
0: I've, I've I've asked, as I say, some of your colleagues, and I don't know how much of a kind of relationship you have with with the mm-hmm. many people who who write music for these uh, for these ten cent games. But how did you get mm-hmm. involved with uh, with this sort of huge volume of work that they produce?
1: Well, I got involved with them through a Chinese music producer. Um, who, who um, obviously has a better channel to a Chinese company than we Westerners might have. Yeah, And um, sh- she's also very instrumental in translating not only language, but also culture. Yeah. Because um, a lot of these um, games obviously are not just games in another language, they're games in another culture. So um, there's yeah. other sensitivities, there's also musically speaking um, other demands, that uh, need to be met and need to be understood first as a Westerner composer. Um, when we um, involve, you know, let's say in, in in Moonlight Blade, it has a lot of ethnic elements, like mm. traditional Chinese element. We call them ethnic. For them, it's not yeah. <laughs> ethnic. Obviously, of course, it's just a question of perspective. Yeah, but um, so traditional Chinese music and instruments um, and how they're played. Um, what that music is like, how we might be able to incorporate that in a score—that is a hybrid between, um, yeah, Western score, orchestra, and then those elements. Mm. So it started with this one producer, and then one mm. thing leads to another. You know, you kind of once the ball gets rolling, you start knowing some um, music supervisors. Like, for example, the one from Moonlight Blade was this is just an amazing person, very open-minded, speaks English himself very right. well. So once we got in touch, I mean it was um yeah, f- from there just many other things opened up and developed. I was wondering about
0: the yeah, the working relationship. Uh I gather you uh German born, Stuttgart, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah. And but based in LA currently, but I don't know how your Chinese is.
1: <laughs> um so rudimentary you could say it's nonexistent. Okay. No, I don't speak Chinese. You got Chinese. a
0: little tiny bit though you can sum up as you go along
1: yeah yeah well it's uh, I'm, I'm a little um, intimidated by the language you know bet, the tones yes. the tones those intonations that yeah. are so strange to any of us I yeah. mean I can maybe learn English or French but these tones it's just a concept that's completely foreign to all of us yeah so, Europeans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would scare the heck out of me. Uh, <laughs> so Moonlight Blade Online is this uh, big sweeping grand MMO that I guess a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with, or at least maybe they will when when it if it makes it out in in the West. Um what's your kind of when when you when you go into compose for a project like this um, and this is actually a game that as you say is culturally relevant to the people who you're making it for but perhaps less so to you in a way so you're bringing your expertise as a composer and and I understand you're you're an orchestrator as well unlike a lot of composers we have on who have somebody else do the orchestration for them you you have that capability yourself
1: yeah, actually, that was one of my uh, first gigs out of school in L.A. was orchestrating. And, um, I mean, it, it comes naturally to me because that's my background. I studied classical music. Um, that, that was my initial education in Germany before I started um, taking a detour and um, exploring composition. And then I stuck with it and scoring. But, yeah, so I orchestrate a lot. I, I did it for other composers in L.A. before, Um and even though sometimes I might um, have an orchestrator on my own scores, it's usually not real orchestration. It's it's more like um, it, my cues are usually orchestrated from the computer already, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I like to have um, a high, high degree of control in every aspect of what mm. I do. And, and if I give something up, it's usually just because I, I, I can't do it, just for time-wise. But then I try to... Um, you know, have it fixed as much as possible beforehand. But yeah, um orchestration is um definitely for me um an integral aspect of writing, actually. Um, so because a lot of time it's 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 divided composition orchestration, but for me, it's really mm. the same thing. it's mm. it's part of the other, yeah,
0: sure. So when it comes to a game like Moonlight Blade, uh, I mm. suppose the the, the ten and the producer wants something which has mm-hmm. a, a kind of cinematic you know a grand sweep to it but also as i say i uh, i find it interesting in particular that they're working with a uh european born uh american based composer to bring music to this game that is kind of very like quintessentially eastern asian in its sensibilities
1: mm-hmm. yeah but um it- they try to um especially like this music supervisor that I worked with and 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 I'm really indebted to and and I enjoy so much working with him, he tries to also break out of his world right, so what they're trying to do yes, they need to incorporate their traditional values and and their um their background obviously it's the, all the aesthetics of the game are are um genuinely Chinese right. Mm. And also, of course, the martial arts aspect of the game <coughs> um, speaks to that. But at the same time, they try to um, um, approach this as a hybrid as well. When it comes to the score, they they look to Hollywood right. and see what they incorporate and and what um, of Western scores could add to that world. So rather than writing um, music that's you know just a Chinese traditional orchestra, mm. I don't know if you ever seen that, but it's it, its it's its own thing. Yeah. It's just like we have our orchestras. They have their orchestras with a bunch of guzhengs and Pipas yeah. and all yeah. their instruments. Yeah. And they play, play specific scales rather than just sticking to this. If they really wanted that, yes, then they wouldn't need to, to look outside of China and, yeah, sure. and ask me or ask anybody else who worked on the game before. Mm. But they want to see how about we, we bring we keep our values, but we take them into the 21st century as well. Yeah. How can we do that? So, um, they think about that a lot. And, and I love that idea actually. Mm. It's, it's really, um, it's really what, um, enriched my, um, musical language a lot. And sure. it's, it's exactly the combination of different elements that, 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 um, sparks creativity. Mm. So, um, I think they they know that we have um just traditionally speaking we have another um tradition working with the orchestra and a lot of these cues use the orchestra as sort of a a, uh, a glue or a canvas yeah. on which these ethnic elements are placed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then also also I mean um I guess if uh, we could uh, do you want to jump right in with the children of the wind? Because it also depends yes. on which part it is from a Moonlight Blade. Moonlight Blade is a big game, it's an open world, um, and it has different aspects to it also depending on where you are in the game and mm. what update this is. So I worked on a few um, installments, mm. recent releases of Moonlight Blade, mm-hmm. and each of them have a different sensitivity. So this latest one, with, where uh, Children of the Wind is from, mm. it's uh, it takes place on this Ihua Island. And yeah. the Ihua Island is um, sort of like an Atlantis myth of China. So just like Atlantis, Ihua is this... Um, island that may or may not have existed. Yeah, and um, there's this uh, there's this tribe of people, this a civilization that's loosely related to the Chinese people now, or might be the Chinese people. I mean, it's it's not quite clear. Just like Atl- Atlantis, we yeah. quite don't yeah. know. But um, so that was that was the premise of this score, and this is a people. It's a native people, and they're pure, unspoiled, sort of primitive, but um, a peaceful society. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a utopia, if you, if you if you want. Yeah. So this was a new. This was a premise. So um, and so the, the music supervisor said, like, okay, we want this to be pure, and want this opposite op- op- to be ethnic, because we're trying to evoke a world that is not, you know, and would be weird if we hear a bassoon there. so to speak yeah so so we use ethnic elements but it doesn't have to be necessarily be only chinese because we also know that this is probably not what chinese tradition is now what what was once there so he opened up the field and said like you know it could be used an instrument it could be more southeast asian try to make it a mix try to make it non-specific but clearly like in an asian realm Mm. And I think it was a very very uh, interesting premise. So, um, you see, it's not that specific Chinese, actually, in this very specific instance of of uh, Children of the Wind.
0: Yeah. So, uh, when did you actually compose that piece? What Was that this year or last year? Or?
1: Yeah, this is this year, um, right. probably around June, maybe. Okay. May, June. Yeah. New piece. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was um, a really a, a just interesting a, a new map to do because they, we want this purity and um, also um, go more into a direction of world music rather than only pure score or pure ethnic score. Mm-hmm. We wanted to really um, pursue this world music approach, which really suited the island very well. So we have the Chinese flutes, but we also have some Middle Eastern percussion. We have an oud in there. Mm. um and then again like this, this, there's a string orchestra but it's more like a glue it holds it all together and it never becomes its own thing in a western way it's really supportive lovely so um that was that was important to me i tried to go at least for that um and yeah and also go for a simple form simple melody but um try to give it try to give it an ethnic touch where, of course also the instrumentalist adds a lot so this is it's a chinese um flautist who plays that on right. the dizi flute this main melody and you to me it's just like yeah maybe a Western flutist could pick up that DT as well and play that melody, but it would not sound like that. It's sure. just all these little in intricacies, these little yeah. trills and and grace notes, and the, the way he phrases the vibrato. Every, I think everything just adds to give this, um, this this world music flavor. Yeah,
0: very pretty. And as always, when we have a composer uh, with us, we also ask them to bring a, a little handful of pieces from other games and other composers that Uh have impressed or inspired them over the years Um, now composers that we have not normally fall into one of two camps, there's those who uh, compose for games because it's part of their job and they're not especially wedded to the medium now I don't know I'm looking at your selections and I'm thinking that you might be one of the composers who is a gamer as well but it doesn't matter if you're
1: not (laughs) Actually I'm, I'm not a real um uh, am diehard gamer I can't say that.
0: Okay. No. But uh but you have you have some familiarity with for instance the works of uh, Nobuo Uematsu of course and uh one that we've gone mm-hmm. for for this selection is uh Theme of Love the Distant Worlds version so this is mm-hmm. the yeah. nicely uh, orchestrated uh, incarnation performed by the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic. So what is it about this piece that, uh, that moved you to bring it to our audience's ears?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, this piece actually it's less that this piece or this style really influenced me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and th- there's more a story behind it that this is not specifically that piece, but just the distant world, yeah. the the orchest- orchestrated versions yeah. of um, Final Fantasy. That kind of put game music really on the map for Mm, me, just for me personally. I know it was around. It was just like, you know, I I had to, uh, I'm kind of a late starter, I guess, when it comes to scores. You know, Mm. I I grew up in Germany and I was purely classical in in the beginning. And Mm. even film music wasn't really on my mind for for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it also wasn't. I guess as a classical musician and also in the conservative in conservatory uh, education in Europe film music is a bit frowned upon. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. this is this is just entertainment. It's, it's like a low end of art sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. in Germany we even have the distinction between E and U music, ernste oh. musik and unterhaltungsmusik. Which ernste musik is like serious, earnest literally. Wow. Ernst Music and Unterhaltung is entertainment. So, Mm. you know, even jazz falls into entertainment. So, it's clearly, it's like there's a discrimination going on, right? So, I never really even um, started looking too serious into it. I think I was just, you know, primed by my upbringing to think in certain patterns. So, it took me Mm. a while to break out of that. Absolutely. But… I just remember this day when I heard like E.T. and I was just on, and, and uh, I just watched the movie and I and I and I started thinking, this is actually a great theme. Yeah. What is this music? Yeah. Um, but and then I was like, no, like the wheels start turning. But anyways, so I went to I, I spent like a short period of time, like a year, at Berklee College of Music in Boston, and I met a Japanese composer there who was actually at the time already. it's just like over ten years ago now. But he worked in animation in Japan, and Mm. he's a great composer. His name is Shiro Hamaguchi. Mm -hmm. And he actually orchestrated um, these pieces.
2: Right. Wow.
1: So he gave me this album and said, like, this is some of my work, you know. And I remember I put this on and I listened to it and I'm like, this is game music? Mm -hmm. This is like fully, like, this is fantastic, sophisticated orchestration, great melodies, so lush and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is game music. This is what game music can be. Hmm. So it, it kind of put it just on my mind. That's why I picked that music. Um, to me, it's a bit, um, I love that music. Obviously, it's all like, you know, European, romantic. And all, everything I love about Japanese music, which is that love of, of melody, Yeah. Um, which I miss um, sometimes in, in, in the West these days, Mm, yeah. So they just go for it. Yeah. They, they 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 don't feel bad about it. And you know, here's the melody I played and I arrange it in, in the best possible way. And actually the theme of love is a great example of that. It's almost John William esque how the yeah. theme comes back and always it's in a different way, it's in a new orchestration, it's new doublings, it's um it's just a lovely arrangement. So it's just to say, yeah, I probably don't write in this style, mm. but it's just um a piece that yeah, opened Opened me up to games. It was like, wow, this is, it's not just games and like a little 8 bit music in the background. Yep. It's, 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 it's just like on the same scope as film music.
0: So that was Theme of Love, the Distant World <coughs> Incarnation, composed of course by Nobuo Uematsu, performed by the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic from Final Fantasy IV. Listeners to everything that we do will know that our sister podcast Kana Rintz has been covering the entire gamut of Final Fantasy games. We're up to and oh really? Yes, we we've, <laughs> we've done one one every other month this year. Oh uh, wow! Well. We we do deep dive reviews into into games, and we've just completed uh, mm. Final Fantasy VII. So next year, we've already got our work cut out with the rest of the the remaining six single player games in the series Mm. Uh, so yeah Final Fantasy 4 was back in issue 323 of our other podcast so do check that out and uh, yeah and as always until we know otherwise and hear that he's better uh, get well soon to Uematsu-san because we know that he's got some kind of illness and it hasn't been said what (laughs) obviously people are worried. No
1: Um, no no no.
0: Yeah uh, it came out with uh, a statement uh, Oh, maybe it was from Square, but a few months back. So, hopefully, uh, it's just something that he can uh, he can battle through and, and, and uh, come back to come back fighting fit to make more wonderful music for. Uh, for yes, hopefully. Now, a uh, real change of uh, tone here, this is interesting because I didn't know that Tencent had kind of moved into doing, uh, as well as their, their stock and trade, which has been traditionally these massive MMOs with loads of updates and whatever, they've uh, they they sort of, I, I don't know what exactly what the relationship is, but this is Next Studio, and so this is a piece that you've written a theme for a kind of what I guess what you'd loosely call like an indie game, but albeit hap- it's being made by one of the biggest companies in the world kind of thing <laughs>
1: so iris fall yeah is, is a game by next studios and next studios is, is in fact part of ten yeah so um but you know their, their studios they operate pretty independently mm. so th- i think in china they have is it is it five or six studios now right so of course there's some um, that's so that's another studio it's not um the one with moonlight blade. Um next studio is a new relatively young studio and um I think they've been around like a couple of years now and they're um unique in a way that all their releases are international. Because, uh, yeah, as you know, like Moonlight Blade, we just talked about it, it's not even released in the West yet, and so are most of their other games they produce in China. Mm -hmm. But um, Iris Fall is on Steam, internationally available, and so are their other titles. And um, they do um, more experimental stuff. So I guess what um, sparked you to say... Um, it's an indie game. It's not indie really, style, indie. I it's, it, yeah. yeah, indie style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, it's, it's a very, it's a very cool a new studio, and um, now this one doesn't have these um, very characteristic ethnic Chinese no um, elements not necessarily. They have some games though too as well that that have these um, um, aesthetics still, but yeah, not not Iris Fall.
0: Right, so this uh, this is actually out very recently on Steam, certainly 7th of December, just uh, a few weeks ago. Um, looking at the art, the art looks absolutely stunning. I noticed that yeah, it's, uh, it's it uh, won an award at the Game Connection Development Awards in Europe, um, but also won some other awards, Cultural and Artistic Communication Awards, uh, various mm-hmm. prizes it's got on its page. It's uh, received very positive reviews from Steam users so far. So uh, what was your... What was your brief to write the theme for Iris? Iris Fall.
1: Well, I, Iris Fall, you, you, um, it really has two elements to it. The main main uh, elements that we needed to address with the score, which is of course the girl Iris, mm-hmm. the main character. Um, so she follows uh, she follows this cat into this theater. And then um, things start to happen. Things are, are being explored. It's it's a, it's like a puzzle game. Yeah. Um, Light based puzzles. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. So so the theater obviously is the other um, very important element that we needed to address. It's the mm. main character and it's the theater. Sure. So we had a lot of discussions with the audio director, um, Kuzer from Next. Um, how to do this, and um, he had some ideas, and we brainstormed a bit. So, um, what was important for the theater is um, that we took the idea of like um, barrel organs and these orchestrions, if if you know what these no, instruments that
0: are. Great, I love that word.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know when when there were silent movies, yeah, there there was sort of a way to score movies in real time
0: Yes. Yep.
1: so there were people sometimes making sound effects or even performing just like a, a piano for like a silent movie soundtrack yeah. in real time and they w- sometimes it would be improvised as well but um, th- so there's different approaches um, uh, over the years but one is also these theater organs that actually had kind of like it's like an organ but instead of just musical sound it also has sound effects incorporated so it's a whole mm. sound bank, if you will, yeah, so those were very sophisticated machines, obviously um so those are theater organs um w- with this unique sound to it, but also these barrel organs where you where you um so you put the machine in motion and then it spits out different layers of musical instruments. it might be like this accordion sound, but then there's some percussion also. And then even some some of them have um, string instruments. It's um, a funny thing. There's a, the um, um It's a Nethicott Foundational Museum here in LA, which mm. has a selection, a, a whole collection of of different orchestrions and theater organs. But um, so Kuzer wanted to use that world. He wanted to use these machines to kind of a, for show tunes for the theater to bring back that nostalgia of the theater. Mm. So we were thinking of how to do that best. Um and then the other world obviously is is the girl Iris, which um we tried to evoke this childhood um world of wonder and magic. Mm. So we use bell-like tones, we used um toy pianos and, and, and stuff like that. And also what is unique <laughs> We um, brainstorming and looking at these instruments which each of them looks you know different than the next they're all just unique because they were all kind of like prototypes yeah. and and um, different inventors had different approaches so it's not like we use you know the violin and you can just find violins everywhere because there's just one type around now basically mm. and there's people who play that one type so um, they're all unique and um Again, with our producer, Vivida, and Coozer, um, <laughs> we just decided to build our own instrument. So um, that was really fun oh, thing man. I never did before. Um, I have a friend here who is a fantastic... Well, he's a multi-instrumentalist, really, but also he's a guy who is just loves to get into the workshop and modify his instruments. And it's just like an inventive <laughs> creator type of person.
0: So you've sort of... Ca- uh, like we, we, hammered together a bunch of different <laughs> instruments. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you made something um, that sounded uh, pretty. We, we
1: build a sort of zither. We also brainstormed oh, okay. what instruments there are. Like, you know, there's YouTubes of people building instruments and we, right. we just check different things and see how does this actually work. He wanted to build an organ, but we said this is a little bit too massive. I hey, think yeah. we can build an yeah. organ. But we built this zither and we played it like a hammered dulcimer. And it has these dark food cans where, like, as 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 resonating chambers, and it's just a unique Amazing. thing. Um, Are there and then we also of this
0: thing somewhere. Sorry, can we um, see? I pictures?
1: can send you some photos if if you want. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's get in touch later. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, or I'll give it to Jordan. He can send it over.
2: Sure.
1: Um, so, and and then the other thing he did, he he we we bought a cheap violin and we kind of. Um, he, he took out the bag and, and modified it in a way so it sounds like this old gramophone, it's like very nasally and and, and, and teeny. So we use those instruments on the score together with toy pianos. I have an old detuned clunky mm. piano um, here at my place. Um, which we recorded, so the, the score is like you know it's it's it should be imperfect. It should have this edge to it. Yeah. You know these, these 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 old machines. They're not necessarily pretty to listen to. Yeah. They're kind of wacky, right? Yeah. So we wanted to bring that back. It it shouldn't be like. Um, even when we have like the childhood tunes, like this, this theme from Iris fall is, it obviously is is a theme for, for Iris, but underneath you hear these like weird rattling little mm. scrappy noises and yeah. you hear the, the sitter in between. There's like, they're, they're stirred for, better, for lack of a mm. better word, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a surface where you can, you can feel there's something underneath. So, which was important because we wanted to spark this, intrigue to go in because it's about exploring, right? It's a puzzle game. It's about what, what's, what's going on here? What's this theater? Who am I? It's really like a journey of self-discovery in a way, the, the game. So um, so yeah, we, we wanted to have these two worlds, um, the childhood and the theater, and, um, and, and show the tension between and um, spark this intrigue to go in and explore.
0: So that was the Iris Fall theme by my guest, Thomas Parrish, from Iris Fall, which is a game that's uh, recently released on Steam. It's currently available. It's around a tenner or thereabouts. It, uh, Ten pounds in English money. I guess it's like $12 <laughs> or whatever yeah. your local currency is. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, it looks really interesting. I haven't played it, so I'm, I it's won't beautiful. pretend that I have. But uh, but yeah, it does the art The art does the look exceptional. Says, yes, and obviously funny. the music's great, so that's a couple of good reasons. Oh, well, thank you couple of good reasons to check it out and uh, yeah I love the fact that you kind of went down the, the, the mad professor route of making the music for that one uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: credit goes credit goes to the, to the supervisor and the producer too for allowing that that wasn't my first yeah. idea no, it's right. not the first thing you want to ask your client to do
0: yeah yeah for sure um, break out the budget and smash some
1: instruments up. <laughs> yeah, well the only way for me to compose is if we built my own orchestra from scratch. Yeah, next time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, something un, uh, non-orchestrated here this is from uh, The Last of Us a game familiar to many of you I'm sure and the amazing soundtrack from Gustavo Santolaya and you've chosen the piece uh, The Last of Us A New Dawn um, which I'm sure people who have played the game will remember uh, so was this uh, was this another piece where obviously you talked before about the um, the Uematsu music and the and the distant worlds kind of opening your eyes up to what can be achieved in games now this i suppose this is this is quite a different approach in terms of instrumentation and mood so is this mm-hmm. something else that struck you as another another way of doing video game soundtracks
1: yeah um that and more obviously um it, it again it has a true cinematic scope to it i mean mm. this is nothing to um, i mean it's on a full um quality Wise, it's 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 on par with with any soundtrack out there. Obviously, Santo Alala is a fantastic composer. But what I like especially about the score is his approach, and um, I, I like him in general and in most of his work because mm. he's very tasteful and and understated. Yeah, I I don't like um, to go full on usually. Um, so he's just very good at at. Um, just writing um, that fine line of um, giving you just enough and not overdoing it. Um, but then his approach also on this game specifically, and um, I don't know the details, but I think, um, I'm not sure if he ever spoke about it in mm. detail actually, mm. but um, what I know is that he, it was important for him to, to go and find unique sounds yeah. for this game. Yeah, obviously it's like this this post apocalyptic dystopian world we, mm-hmm. we're thrown into, right? So um, I guess he wanted a certain disconnect with with this world, yeah. Which I think he achieved beautifully, and also wh- what I like about it—it's not just some strange sounds that are um, abrasive. Mm. No, I think he kept the humanity to it. And um, I think that track is, is a good example for it. In the beginning, you have this solo instrument. It's sort of like some wind instrument. I'm not quite sure. Actually, I would, I would really love to know what exactly it is. Yeah. But um, that's exactly what I love about it. It has this, this ambiguity about it. We're not quite sure what it is, but it is, it, it is felt still. It's not just some synth sound uh, with, yeah. with no um, human breath in it. Mm. It really it has, there's humanity to it. Hmm. and then you get his typical stuff of course which we know like this atmospheric um you know tremolo guitars yeah which these these beds of 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 sound which he uses um but it's um it's it's really that the way he balances the way he finds unique sounds and and um yeah keeps the humanity um and then, um, oh yeah, there's this later section in the cue, which, which then brings a rhythm and a pulse, mm. right? And, and again, it's, um, you know, these pulsing cues, I mean, we heard them a million times in, in scoring. But again, if you listen to this one, it's, it's just unique, the way he, what sounds he uses, the way he plants organically. What, um, again, we don't know exactly, but I think it's a, a mixture of, of some synth. Some electric guitars, some live percussion, maybe some samples even, and then mm. this weird do thing, or yeah. like a jaw harp, or whatever it is. I- again, I just I just love the textures. I love the the experimentation he goes in. Um, that's something. Um, it's just the approach and the balance between things that that really resonates with me.
0: last of us a new dawn Gustavo Santolaya, as we look forward to the sequel that's being uh, coming relatively soon uh, mm-hmm. many of us have been desperate to know what happens next some of us didn't necessarily want that game to have a direct sequel but now we've got it we, we're obviously desperate to know what uh, <laughs> what happens in in the uh, in that uh, delightfully grim world yeah uh, we covered uh, the last of us back in several years ago now, back in Cain and Rince podcast issue 144. If you want to revisit that one before the sequel comes out. So that was chosen by my guest, Thomas Parrish composer, uh, we're also hearing from uh, his own canon of work and now this one uh, it's another piece from moonlight blade uh, but i think perhaps the standout thing here if you don't mind me saying thomas is the vocal by uh dimash kudai bergen is that the right
1: pronunciation yeah i think that's about right actually i'm not quite 100 percent sure either it's, it's
0: a tough one um so this is ocean over the time uh and this is it is the region of the game shiguang kanghai is that
1: the Shuguang Or Is that the translation of the? the that's title. that's the tra- yeah, that's the translation of okay. the title. my it, Chinese is also ocean, ocean, over the time. Yeah, it's a little um, a, yeah, strange sounding. I think, yeah, to an English speaker, but um, that's uh, that's the
0: what translation they chose. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, tell us about uh, how this piece came together, and particularly that that uh, that quite powerful vocal.
1: Yeah. So um this was a um a very interesting project for me not only because it is a song which i don't do um a lot of
0: no right yeah
1: but um it's a very special song obviously it was the um it, it was like a theme song for moonlight blade of the uh, of that year like which is last year <laughs> still oh, last year mm-hmm. of 17 um and it was also um Together with a um, new release of the game, which um, which is also called Ocean Over the Time, there was the part of the game where um, now we could leave the mainland of China and we mm. could set sail and go on the onto the ocean. So um, it, it it was a new chapter in Moonlight Blade. And and they chose um, Dimash Kudaibergen to come on board for the song. I also worked on that score, so. So that's how that collaboration um, came to be. Um, And and Dimash is just um, a a very unique vocalist. Mm. He's he's, um, Kazakh, actually, by birth. Uh And um, became to... um, Actually, uh, the way I remember this, I think he was already kind of famous in Kazakhstan, but Ah, then he came to China Mm. and he... Did which is different from the way it's done in the West, which is um, he participated in the Chinese Idol. But the the Idol is, in China, apparently, the Idol is not for um, newcomers or for, um, you know, just like people who are not famous. Actually, What I was told is, like, all these people in the Chinese Idol, they're already kind of pop stars.
0: Yeah. And they
1: compete um, again. Have you heard about this?
0: I've, I've heard about because I think it's the same in Japan as well.
1: Uh, oh, similar, it, that that makes I sense. So. Maybe yeah. it's an Asian thing in general, yeah. the way they do it. But to me, it was just, why? Why would they sing again I against know, each I other, know. it seems? It's like, yeah. why would... Um, Beyonce sing against Rihanna uh, at yeah, exactly. American Idol would yeah. never happen. Right? We have in the
0: in the UK one. What you have is um, occasionally is uh, our one's called X Factor now, and okay. what you have is people turn up after they're no longer famous so you'll get some washed up or not washed up that's unfair but somebody who used <laughs> to be a pop star like 10 years mm-hmm. ago or in a boy band 20 years ago and they'll try right. to relaunch their career so we do get some of that but no you wouldn't get yeah you wouldn't get like the big stars of the day uh, singing off against each other as yeah, part yeah. of the competition that's very uh, culturally different i think
1: yeah so that was um that was um interesting for me just to find out about that when I started hearing mm. about him and like doing research and I spoke to the producer you know but so yeah so so he's he's the guy he became very famous especially um, singing especially um oh, what's the name again like there's there's like this Russian group and there's this one guy who sings falsetto just like he okay
0: does. yeah
1: um um no i can't remember the name well ma- i wouldn't be able to no, ma- help you <laughs>
0: yeah
1: so anyways he, he he became very famous he didn't win i think he was second or so Not but he still he's one of the i think he became most famous of the bunch of them at the time right. so he was an idol at, at at this time and um so um the producer actually from Up blade she really wanted to work with him she was just a big fan so yeah. they asked him and um he agreed and um and yeah, and collaboration started. So for me, it was just starting to to watch all his stuff. So I watched all his, you know, appearances on this Idol show, which was mm-hmm. interesting because it was a great introduction actually to him, uh, to him as a singer, because obviously he would choose titles that would suit him. He would choose titles that he uh, would like, stylistically speaking. Even though it was a wide range of stuff, I, I still could that obviously his strength is these ballads he would also sing musical numbers so he has this soft he has incredible control he is mm. like a properly trained um uh, vocalist um and these tender ballads is really his strength obviously he's a more of a feminine singer also yeah um and then um his standout characteristic is his range. So he has these, I don't know, how much is it? Three and a half octaves or so. Yeah. And, um, and he can go through different registers, right? He has this, like he, he goes to the head voice and then to the falsetto. And then he, he's up there in, in the soprano register. Uh, I mean, he can sing the, um, the queen of the night if he wants to, It's just crazy. I see he's um, got so, 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 an
0: absolutely massive Wikipedia entry like this guy is properly famous in uh, like we yes, I might have never heard of him but he's, he's very
1: famous actually yeah. In, yeah in 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 Russia especially because yeah. he's Kazakh and then now in China in Asia he's incredibly famous so I never heard yeah. of him yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a different obviously there's a lot of these things in in working with China I had these moments before I wasn't surprised anymore yeah. and the first time yeah. I started working for one of Kings so I was like I don't know what that is or Tencent, even I don't know who is Tencent. Sure, yeah. but um, so I wasn't surprised anymore. Obviously, they, there's a uh, obviously for political reasons also. But um, China is is own huge universe. They have mm,
2: mm.
1: A, a equivalent to many things we we think is universal now in the West, like you know, starting with Google or Facebook. Yeah. They have their own thing, and it's massive. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. just because of the mere size of China. Yeah, um, but anyways, I. I obviously wanted to use that to the best I could. I mean, that's the yeah, strength. Yeah. I wanted the soft, I wanted the ballad, I wanted an emotional song, and I wanted to show his range. So, um, And obviously with a song, that's it's the most important thing to make it work for the singer. It's, it really has to be tailored to whoever you're working with. Mm. Um, there, there was some, you know... Uh, at some point, like Tencent wanted to, they wanted to have like, we want. How about we make it more like a rock song and bring some electric guitars? And I was like, I don't know. If you want the ballad, let's keep it the ballad. Mm. Like I didn't want, I didn't like the idea of mixing styles. So um, it is an orchestral ballad, and maybe it has a touch of you know of uh, a- again nostalgia to it. It has some some sense of maybe. Mm, I would say a Western ballad would be very different, right? Yeah. It's, it's certainly, uh, I mean, this orchestral style flies only like in Bond movies, and even then it's more produced these days mm, in the West. Mm, mm. But I, I love the idea to do something that, that suits him, and um, what the heck, let's do something that works, and even if it's a bit old-fashioned orchestral ballad, Mm. I, I love that. Let's make it lush and, and make it work with him. So we just went for it. Um, and also there was other um, you know issues that um, actually I was constrained because part of that. Um, so the the verse basically re- reuses one of the uh, melodies from the mm. from Moonlight Blade. So I had yep. to do. I had to incorporate that. And the melody is just what it is. I couldn't change it too much. So they were like, we have to keep that mood and, and, mm-hmm. and we want to incorporate that, but also so but then also like well that locks us into a ballad. We cannot write now an upbeat pop song anymore. Yeah. So we had to kind of something had to give, obviously. But um I'm very happy with how it came out and it was just a pleasure to work with him. He's he's a very nice guy and obviously a great musician. I, I actually went to Beijing to to record with him. Oh cool. So, yeah, and um it was just a pleasure to to work with him, to see him, how how he approaches, how he sings and um, you know, there's very little um there was very little to do to, to edit after this session. Wow, right. Because he's he's just like his pitch is great. Um he's he's a consummate musician. He's not one of these produced pop stars where, you no. know, I mean, anybody can be with melodyne these days can can, can sound like a pop star. Yeah. But it wasn't the case. Um, the, the biggest challenge, actually, <laughs> funnily enough, the song is in Chinese. Yes. The producer herself, who is who's also kind of the 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 mastermind behind behind Moonlight Blade, she writes mm. the story, right, which is taken from a famous Chinese novel. But she wrote the lyrics, and it's in Chinese. And he's Kazakh. <laughs> he became famous in in China, but yeah, he's sure. not fluent in Mandarin, so. The biggest challenge was like sitting in the studio there, and then we have to do this phrase again because you pronounced, you know, you, you mixed up a word yeah, or now this we cannot understand course. this. And but actually, learning it phonetically, did, or yes, he was. Um, he, I think he speaks a little, but a most little, of it yeah. in the end with the song it was phonetic. Yeah, right. Wow. Um, and he faced some criticism. There's of course some people who say like, why, why, why does he sing in a language he doesn't speak? and other people love that and you know it's always like that there's always so yeah.
0: there's a great history of people singing in other languages mm-hmm. other than yeah. their, their, their
1: native one for sure and he like if you if you check his idol entries he sings in french and english and japanese yeah, in russian yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's um it's crazy yeah it's
0: part of the skill set well, yeah. let's hear it. Uh, Ocean Over the Time by our guest Thomas with a vocal by the uh, incredibly famous Dimash Kudai Bergen. So that's uh, known in Chinese as Shiguang Kanghai from Moonlight Blade Online. The massive 20 uh, 20 cent? No, doubled their price. Ten cent MMO (laughs) um, back uh, back last year, 2017, and uh, hopefully coming west in the not-too-distant future, maybe. Next up, we have another pick from Thomas... Uh, I think this is, uh, we, we've covered the game before on Kane and Rince, our other podcast. We covered Infamous 1 and 2 back in issue 123 of that podcast. But I don't believe, I could be wrong, I don't believe we've featured any of the music before. Uh, and this is no, an interesting one. No, you should have. Yeah, because um, I like this because uh, I think it, it. this is Olden Strikes uh, by Eamon Tobin and Jim Dooley that you've picked. And it uh, it manages to not sound like every other uh kind of epic showdown kind of piece it's actually got its own personality uh compared yes. to a lot of generic action cues yeah. sort of thing
1: yeah well I'm, I'm glad you say that because that's exactly kind of my point about this mm. cue mm. and which is what i love about it i mean you you're starting to get the theme here <laughs> yeah. with with gustavo also so yeah. in in general what i like Obviously, it's also... And and that's actually also true of Gustavo. So these Mm. are guys who would not necessarily come from scoring, per se, right? And Amon Tobin, I mean, I'm a fan of his. Before, I knew actually that he worked on anything other than just his his regular stuff, which is uh, basically, I guess, EDM, you would call it. Yeah. Um, But um, he's just a very unique artist in, in the way he, um, uses and reuses samples
2: Mm.
1: in, in his work. Um, I, I, um, I remember I, I listened to this album, I think it's permutation. It's called permutations. And, um, so he, he will sample bits and pieces, which is now, I guess, a very common technique now with how people and, and rappers build their loops. But, um, he he samples other, other work and, and just like cuts it up and, and puts it back together, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's just extremely good at it. And he, again, it's like anybody can just take other pieces and put them together, but it's about how you do it. What is the organizing mind behind this? Mm. Um, how to do it in a tasteful way, how to do it in a way that um, builds drama or builds form and, 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 and has a, you know... Uh, cohesive line Mm -hmm. throughout it and um this piece um i guess well i'm talking a lot about amon tobin but not about jim dooley (laughs) Mm. um but but um truth be told i mean that's my main reason to pick it is amon tobin um sure but of course jim dooley is is a great composer as well Mm. i don't know how exactly they collaborated on the score or in this this cue specifically but um Obviously, I would, I would just assume that the orchestral elements are probably from Jim. Right. Um, and and the rest is, is like the, the percussion bed and probably yeah. also the treatment of the orchestra um, is from Amon Tobin. So mm. what I hear in the piece is that the orchestra, and that's what I think is interesting, has been treated like samples. Yeah. Pits and pieces repeat that chopped off, um, which makes it very... It's, it's an orchestral industrial hybrid, I would say, but it's not in a way we, we would um, hear it usually, mm. just because the orchestra is also treated like samples. And, um, yeah, um, just like what I was mentioning before, I think this, this piece is a good example of, we feel like this; it's the same elements throughout, more or less, but it still doesn't get boring, because he manages a way to always... Um, change the loop a little bit, bring a little new detail, change, um, you know, and expect that repetition up a little bit. And um, it's it's an art form to do that in the way he does it. I, I really think um, it's not something to, to, um, to, to belittle just because, uh, um, you know, a lot of EDM or um, the, this type of work mm. might appear repetitive on the surface to a lot of mm. people. There, yeah. there can be much more to it. Of course, a lot of it is overly simplistic, maybe in the mainstream. But um, I really enjoy what what, what Tobin does, and um, for, for for these very reasons, the way he he manages to to balance and break expectations. So yeah, um, orchestral industrial hybrid, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just unique, new, not like a lot of other stuff that's out there. It's throwing in some standard loops, and you know giving us the same ostinato over and over again. So yeah, that's, that's, and also, um, again, just, um, I I like the fact that it's an artist that come not necessarily from the scoring world. I myself actually listen to a lot of music. That's not score at all. Mm. I I, I love, um, jazz, obviously classical music or or pop or or EDM. I find that, um, much more inspiring than to stay in my own little niche, yeah. So uh, I always um, love to check out. Oh, this guy comes from wherever, and now he does a score. Oh, I love to hear what that sounds like. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Alden strikes then. Amon Tobin and Jim Dooley, Alden Strikes from Infamous, which, can you believe it, is very nearly a decade old now, two thousand and nine. I remember buying that game and playing it and covering it on the podcast. Issue one hundred and twenty three of Kane and Rince. If you want to hear about the first two Infamous games, maybe one day we'll go back and pick up the the sequels, PS4 games. I'm joined today by Thomas Parrish, my guest, composer, and We've heard a couple of pieces already. This is going to be our third piece from the uh, the Music to Moonlight Blade, online. And I think this is from one of the uh, exp- expansions you mentioned, The Fall mm-hmm. of King Long. Uh, so this is, uh, now, uh, I don't know the pronunciation on the name of the wind-up puppet. Uh, it looks like Yee-er.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I probably butchered myself. So Oh, that's okay. yee R. Um. Definitely,
0: uh, definitely. This is the. Mu- I was when I saw the title of this track, I thought, I hope this sounds exactly like I want it to sound, like a creepy wind-up puppet, and and there we are. Uh. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you.
1: Yeah. So so um, um, this is actually a soundtrack that that I really enjoyed because it it was again a new thing. It was more experimental. Which mm. probably you, could, you you can tell from this from this cue, but again, it's also moonlight blade, right? So moonlight blade can be many things. Yeah. This one is less ethnic; it's more creepy. It's this underwater dungeon. Uh, Where does this, this this temple? So uh, it's a, yeah, it's like this little expansion taking place only in this in this cave, and um, it's a former character, uh, Mingyuexin. Who um, who was this benevolent um, girl and um, and friend, and now and and she died, and now she comes back as sort of like an evil spirit. So there is a lot of hauntedness. There is spookiness, and we're in like this like damp underwater cave. Mm-hmm. So it, it it sets us up to to something a, a bit more heavy and and creepy than. Um, like Ihua is completely different right it's bright, it's full of sunshine yeah. it's it's pure it's it's peaceful. this is very different um, and um in the auto underwater dungeon, we face four opponents, but actually they're all um also deceased people um mm. whose mm. bodies are now um owned or um uh, possessed by Ming, so it's I always see. her actually we face, yeah. So um that was an uh, interesting premise. Um so I tried to have like this one theme but come back in different characters through these four different yeah. opponents we face. Mm. So Ye Er is the second one of them and she was was a girl and, and now obviously um she's she's possessed by Ming Yushin and she's this evil <laughs> this evil um doll. So that's why um puppet, right? She's controlled by Ming She's she's yeah. a puppet to her. Yeah, to to hold us back to uh, explore whatever we, we set out to explore here. Um, and then again, the, the idea with the wind up is it was kind of an idea that was planted um, by the music supervisor. He he had this idea. She's kind of she has these these rigid mechanical movements. Yeah, kind of like mm. a puppet, also because of the magnets. So I really like this idea of, of something mechanical behind it. The other idea that he said was um, the the Chinese opera drama. Mm. And they recorded actually another song um, at the time also for, for this release. And they recorded it both with a traditional vocalist, traditional, when I say traditional, I, I mean Western, what is traditional to us. Yeah. But they also recorded it in a traditional Chinese way, which is this opera singing with a different intonation. And if you listen to the track, you hear these um, intonated stony mm. spoken words that got yeah. rise and fall and in international yeah. drawn out. So these are samples of, um, of that opera singer, Chinese, traditional Chinese opera singer who recorded for the game. And um, that was the other idea to incorporate that for, for the drama.
2: Mm.
1: And um, so I tried to use that tension we have this 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 opera this 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 girl singing which um kind of together with a a ticking noise of a clock um which which you will hear like just very, in the introduction it's like a tick tock tick tock but yeah. then um there's different layers of sped up clocks that I superimpose mm-hmm. so we i wanted kind of to create this idea of like yes, yeah, she's this little girl, but she's obviously nuts <laughs> there's something <laughs> twisted here yeah um and and sure enough it breaks out into a fight after the introduction and again we have um it interspersed these these opera vocals to to show this this twisted mind behind it that kind of has gone gone off the rails and also in the second section of the fight um again i take the idea of superimposing different metric layers um in a big build um, again with the clock and different um, and, uh, ostinati in the orchestra and, um, and then there's the final section is just the, the epilogue the outro so mm-hmm. to say it's a stupid word, outro, intro <laughs> not a real, real word but we use it all the time. It's definitely in common use, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, well my old conservative teacher would, would say like what, what is that word? it's not a yeah. word um, but anyways, let's see. It's it's so basically we def- we defeat her, and um, but it still has kind of a somber note on the ending because um, obviously the game goes on. That's only the second opponent. The game is it's not over. There's no real real relief right. yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And just in general this 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 whole um, installment, this expansion of Moonlight Blade, was really fun to work with because it was. More experimental, we used um, a double bass as a soloist. Actually, in the introduction, there's a pizzicato line, which is a double bass we use for the main theme, but also we used musical saw for that watery feel. We had a lot of water percussions. You've, you Actually, yeah, there's in the main section, you have this high clicking, this kind of, um, kind of bendy high pitch percussion, which is kind of a, a water percussion too. So, try to play on the idea of this moist damp environment with the water with reflections and um and bring back um and also to create that spookiness of the of the ghost of ming who um is around every corner and um we face um yeah so obviously you can tell i really like this 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 installment when i played but um yeah i hope you like the track
0: let's hear it yeah wind up puppet So that's from Moonlight Blade Online, The Fall of King Long, and composed mm-hmm. lovingly by my friend and guest Thomas Parish from the 10 Cent um The Moonlight Blade Online, the, of which uh, you are uh, one of many composers, presumably across the uh,
1: yeah. But game. they kind of th- they try to keep it consistent at, spe- at least for for releases. I mean, um, for example, like like the latest one, the the King Long, I, I composed by myself right the Ihua we were like three I think or four mm-hmm. but then also we try to, to keep it consistent so I did most of the character so actually the first track you heard turn of the wind is a character composition so it's based mm. on, on a character um, and then there's environment um, music uh, which is another composer we try to keep it consistent between sets or between sections mm but yeah, there's definitely over the, over the time there, there are quite a, quite a few composers involved in, in mm. this game. There's
0: a lot of, a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Now- this next pick, uh, is I, I love the fact that you've picked this next one. It's a favourite of mine, um, and uh, it's not one that necessarily, when normally when we get uh, composers on, particularly composers of mainly orchestral music, this isn't necessarily the well from which we would ne- uh, expect them to bring something, but this is uh, the joyful Katamari on the Rocks from uh, Katamari Damacy. Um, and again, I think you've you sort of alluded to that the the picks you brought to us are things which are in some way stand out or unusual, and I, I think um, all of the Katamari Damasi music uh, fulfills that criteria.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's a good comic relief this tour, but mm-hmm. no, I take it very serious. I mean, I don't think yes. it's just like a fun little thing that we. Can smirk about and just put it away. I really take it very serious because it's, again, as you say, it's it's just a standout. It's unique in what it does, and also how it manages to succeed at it. I think you shouldn't mm-hmm. underestimate because I mean you have everything in there. I mean it's yeah. just there's there's baroque music. There's there's like a fugue. It's not a real fugue, but it's kind of like a fugue, right? It's it's baroque. There's, there's I don't know jazz there's J-pop there's drum and bass there's like everything in there so any any sensible person would say like this this is crazy it will never work yeah but it does right it does so and and it does like s- splendidly well so um, to me it's it's just again it's, it just shows you what what it what Composing can be not just composing for games but in general. and it's just a fusion of elements. It's always bringing different worlds together and I think few cultures are so good at it than uh, as the Japanese. Um, again, what I love about Japan is one, one is, is the sense of melody they bring in, in anime and um, and their games, obviously. but also they're not afraid of just throwing stuff together. And what they can stomach is 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 amazing well a lot of people here would um, probably just like show you the door
2: <laughs>
1: but um, this um, this is just uh, again very very unique but also th- the balancing behind it makes it really work so you have a theme that actually comes back in different ways right mm. and <laughs> and I just love the ways ex- uh, exposed in the beginning it's just a humming with not yeah. much. It's yeah. like somebody just singing into his. now we would say, I'm in mean, his iPhone. It's the first thing you say,
0: hear when you boot the game up. Is, yeah, yeah, uh, it's is just that,
1: amazing. Yeah. I mean, how, who would dare to do that, right? Mm. Um, so so that it's a theme that holds it together. Um, but then I think also um, the, the different composers just being good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and obviously the main one, I, I, I'm not quite sure how this really worked. Obviously there's a lot of names on this, but I think the, the um, Yu Miyake is the main right. composer, yes. I guess. Yes. I'm not quite sure who is exactly responsible for what. Maybe you know. No. Um, but um, I know that he's a sound designer as well. And I, yeah. I again, I love um, the details he has in there. And actually it doesn't sound... I listened to it again just the other day, obviously, when I, when I picked this, this track... And it doesn't sound really that that dated, you know. A lot of stuff um, when you have these, especially working with old synth sounds. Of course, Mm. we hear they're old, but they're old in a kind of in I don't know in a cute, bubbly, lollipop kind of way.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) And so, it they just are perfect for what they are, and I think they will still be in in ten years. But um, I I I think he's very good at, and it's probably sound design background. of um editing of throwing things off you even when you have a little guitar loop he breaks it up he brings a little stutter in he, he pans things they they mm-hmm. they love to to have these little breaks to to mix things up a little bit
0: it makes it much more fun for repeat listens all that playfulness i think
1: exactly so it's um yes they're all very very simple and at, at surface but again there's a lot of attention to detail there's a lot of um love put into all these tracks i think you can hear that so again it's just shows you what's possible what can yeah. be done mm. and i love the sense of of melody and the, the track i picked actually is a good example of that it's it's one of the uh, variations of the melody yeah but they set it up in a very in a very cool way with the um with the background vocals with the doop 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 doop, 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 doop. Right, uh, something like mm-hmm. that in 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 mm-hmm. harmonies, yeah. And it's and it's re so basically we have the harmony the the, the melody again, but it's reharmonized. Mm. It's it's a new style, it's it's uh, new harmonies, it's a new rhythm. It's great. Even somebody in in my school used it as an example, just as like what you can do with a melody. Wow, to bring it back, yeah. And I think it's a great example for that.
0: Fantastic. Mm. Let's enjoy the joy of Katamari on the rocks.
2: Do your best. picnic feels <Big-nick-c-c-bon-feet> so good. afternoon a Yeah,
0: From Yumiaki Keita Takahashi and several other contributors from the original Katamari Damacy, and uh, that's also appropriate to time because uh, as we record this, there's a new version of that original game just come out on the Nintendo Switch. Oh really? Yes, the remaster, the re-rolled version of the original game, has just come out on Switch. So uh, and oh, it's wow. very. It's a very sensible price it's uh, 15 pounds in here it's like yeah under 20 dollars i think in the u.s so uh yeah and and it's all there very uh, cool in slightly higher resolutions um we also covered the uh well sound of play number 80 was one of our theme specials and that that one uh with ryan actually features 17 different tracks from the various katamari games starting with the original and going all the way through to uh, touch my katamari and all that sort of thing so uh, if you enjoyed that piece go back and download and re-listen to sound of play 80 for a compilation medley of katamari damasi joy Remember, listeners, please do venture over to our forum at kainandrince.com slash forum, or you can do it on Twitter. Follow us at kainandrince. Use the hashtag Sound of Play if you want. We also have a Facebook page. You can do it on facebook.com slash You can request your favourites, and where we don't have a composer as a guest, we'll continue to include a selection of your picks uh, your choices in the playlist for each regular sound of play please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already leave us an iTunes or Apple podcast review or rating if you can please it really helps or any other platform that you get your podcast from don't forget our other podcasts I've already mentioned and rinse which comes out on Mondays we also have the sausage factory on Fridays which uh, in which we interview indie developers mainly as I say fo- follow us on social media we also have an Instagram and if you enjoy and appreciate what we do we have a patreon you can support us for the minimum of a dollar a month patreon.com slash rinse and you get cana rinse early and extended and various other bits and bobs so before we hear about your final pick thomas oh, i want to thank you for joining me and uh explaining so much about giving us so much insight into the the process and the amount of obviously thought and care you put into all the work that you do
1: oh well thank you you're very welcome
0: And do you have anything that you would like to point our listeners in the direction of at this time? I notice you keep quite a low profile on the Internet. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, I'm not very, yeah, I'm not very um, well present in the digital world, I have to say. Um, It's understandable. don't even have a, a website actually at this point.
0: I found something. Maybe we could mention this now at the time of recording. We're a few days from Christmas. When I searched you out earlier, I found on audionetwork.com, there are a, a bunch of tracks which are listed as arranged by Thomas Parrish with your musical partner, is that Laurent Zilani? Ziliani? Ziliani,
1: yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah.
0: Uh, we Three Kings, Oh Holy Night, Carol of the Bells, <laughs> Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, yeah. You pay for these, people could buy these for Christmas.
1: Yes, you can. <laughs> that was just a fun little project. I love um, Audio Network. is a great it's a British company, right?
0: I don't know, actually. Uh, it, it is.
1: Good. Yeah, it is. They're in London. Um okay. and um great company I work for um produced us um um a romantic comedy album actually, but yeah, those oh, Christmas nice. arrangements were um yeah listen in to the to the um romantic comedy album if if you if you want those are original compositions of mine okay. um which um was really fun to record in in mm. london um but yeah, so there's that, and um <laughs> well, there's a the soundcloud I have. SoundCloud, but, yeah, of course. Yeah, and um, well, I Iris guess... Fall. There's Iris Fall. There's always Iris Fall. And, and um, wait
0: for the, the ten cent games to
1: come yeah, out. Yeah, the ten cent games, you know, maybe. Maybe there might be something in the works that um, some of the soundtracks will be released in the West very soon. I'll let you know about that. Oh, that would um, be I would love for those to come out. There's, there's a bunch of soundtracks uh, released, but um, they're on QQ Music, which is the... Um, the Tencent, well, it's basically the Chinese iTunes. But uh, uh, you cannot listen to that here, obviously. We <laughs> so we are uh, um, actually working, I'm working with um, the um, uh, so some of the, um, the production to get these soundtracks released in the West. Awesome. Um, I'll let you know if that happens and then we'll point to those. Definitely.
0: See which, uh, we'll see which happens first the soundtracks or the games.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
0: our final pick. Now, we like to bow out with something. Truly epic, and so this is uh, our longest piece for this show. This is uh, War Song Origins, a war song by Thomas mm-hmm. Parrish from Honor of Kings, which uh, is known under various names: King King of Glory, Kings of Glory, Honor of King, Honor yeah. of Kings. Uh, depends <laughs> which translation you've got. Uh, Wang exactly, yeah. Long Yao uh, is the closest I can do. So, uh, mm-hmm. when when did you put this uh, piece together? This game's been around for like three or four years
1: now. Yeah, actually, it's um, this song is this specific version of the song. I should say it's a it's a rearrangement I did was for uh-huh. the third year anniversary of the game. I see. So they just celebrated third year anniversary. Um, I think the end of October it was.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. So so not so just a few months back, two three months back maybe. Um, so ten. Um, um Honor of Kings is obviously one of Tencent's biggest games. It's it's a it's mobile massive, game. Yeah. And um it's it's wildly popular in China. Yeah. Uh, actually they try to have a western release under the name of Arena of Valor, I think. That's
0: right. Yeah. Um, that's what comes up if you search it on on in on Google in the UK Arena of Valor comes up, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's that's um a westernized version. Um it's it's obviously based on Honor of Kings. It's pretty much the same game just with some yeah. different skins, I think. But but this is this what I've written is for the Chinese, for the original yeah. And um I have worked for them like like a, a, a couple times now. Um but that was the first time. They always have a new year thing to for every Chinese New Year that is. Not it's yeah. not the um the the Western New Year which is like, you know, end of January or so. Yeah, uh, at mm-hmm. End of uh, February, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um it, it falls on different dates every year. Um, yeah. So in, in 2017, this is a theme I wrote, co-written with, with another composer, actually. And it it, it it became quite popular, I'm happy to say. So mm-hmm. they asked me, to, um, when the third year anniversary comes come, came around, they asked me to extend it and make it longer. Oh, so really? rather than to develop it further, I decided to kind of show the the origins. that's why the name is there, the origins of that theme. Ah, I see. Yeah. So kind of like the birth of this of the theme. Um, and also there there was a talk at some point that um, uh, of of a concert, which there was a concert, but then it everything changed again. But anyway, so I had this opening, mm. um, talking about the structure of this piece, it opens with this kind of fanfare. Um, preceded with a um, percussion ensemble introduction. So there's a percussion ensemble introduction and then we have this brass fanfare. And I wanted to kind of give the impression of like a, um, a movie opening, like a, yeah. like a studio opening fanfare. Um, the percussion ensemble by the way is this Beijing traditional Chinese percussion ensemble which we recorded over there. Mm-hmm. And um, after the fanfare, the actual piece starts and this is where the origins of the theme comes. So we have um, parts of the theme motives come in low register of the orchestra and kind of emerge little by little um, um, to form like the head motive of that theme. Um, We have a little bridge section with kind of a lyrical variation of it. And then the actual theme, the last two minutes after break after this this slower bridge. That's it that is the original um ah, New sure. Year okay. theme. So that's right. you get the full theme. Um, um it's it's re-recorded and, and like remastered. But essentially it's the original piece that that uh, was written for the new year in seventeen. And th- um again all the Horn of Kings music is obviously it's it's big epic, larger than live music. We have the big, um, epic orchestra we have. Um, and again, that's what makes it interesting to me. Um, I did this again in the 2018 new year theme. Um, they always want to incorporate obviously some Chinese elements as well. So in this case we have the, um, obviously the percussion ensemble, then we have also Chinese flute throughout. You will hear some solos of the Chinese flute. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and a pipa, this, this um, plucked instrument, which is, well, what's closest to a pipa. I'm not quite sure it's a guitar-like instrument, which is characteristic for its tremolo. So you will hear the sustained fast mm. tremolo they play with all four fingers and um, attach mm-hmm. plucks to their fingers. Um, right. It's a coordination thing to have that very even but that's what the pipa is known for i guess these displaying characteristics so yeah. you, you will you will hear that uh, that pipa in there too and then in, in the actual theme later you will hear that um that rock band electric guitars and and um and drum sets so it gets very big it gets very epic so this is about the the most epic um music I, uh, I i've written mm. i would say it's about so, some so of the most epic
0: music it, we've heard i think so.
1: <laughs> well, i take it as a compliment definitely so, if that's so, what you were going for but but <laughs> yeah, yeah of course is. of course that's what it is i mean they you know what this music is when you write epic music it can never be big enough i it mean you exactly. always try to be bigger than the last one you always try which becomes very difficult because yeah, you know as you know you, you have yourself. Right. Yeah, and you there's no bigger. You have you have a limit, you know, you can just be at zero dB. Yeah. But um it's it, it, it depends how you fill the spectrum to make it appear bigger than it is, right? Yeah. But right. um obviously this music is more straightforward than what I would usually write. But mm. um I still enjoy it for for that um obviously the the, the ethnic hybrid and also Um, as i mentioned already a few times now talking to you i just love a good melody so whenever i get like the challenge of can you write us a theme we want like you know a a theme music I, i just love that i love to write a good a good form a good arrangement with a beginning and end and and a theme that has integrity so um i enjoy that very much if it's the the um epic underscore with just like you know this this just sound bad. Um, I usually don't like it as much but if you say okay, write epic music okay fine, but can I write a melody then I, I love it yeah awesome. So that's what I tried here. Um, I, I hope you like it I hope you we can understand the development of the theme but yeah the actual theme it's in the end um, and I hope it leads there. In, in a sort of conclusive way
0: thank you once again thomas parish for joining us on sound of play and we'll leave you with war song origins
1: thank you so much